Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of Dangerous World Podcast. Brandon is absent. He bailed on this episode, but it's all right. He took a very uh, deserved break, much needed break. Um, Spent a little time uh, just doing some things with his family. Um, So, you know, I had to record this stuff and, uh, you know, he is helping out a little bit with the editing, but this is my first episode having to kind of, uh, you know, wear two hats, uh, as they say. But I want to keep this really short because I had a really unique opportunity in this episode to talk one-on-one with a very, very talented and uh, unique individual by the name of Ryan Kruger, who's a director, producer, and actor out of South Africa. And with his first feature-length film, he's had massive success, okay? This is stuff that people dream about that get into the film industry. This movie, Fried Berry, that he made... It's based off of a short film, a three-minute film, which is most of the work that he does. You know, in the past, he's worked a lot on music videos, uh, done short films, and had some major success with that. But after creating this Friedberry short film, he was pressured by so many people getting fan art around the world, uh, getting tons and tons of love for this movie. And uh, after winning, I think, 13 awards he decided to you know, go ahead and move forward with making a, a full-length film. The star of it, Gary Green, is not a formally trained actor, so Ryan used these really unique, um, unorthodox methods in order to make Friedberry happen. And the plot of, mo- of the movie is this. It's essentially a drug-riddled, abusive dude who, after he you know, tweaks out you know, what seems to be his last time, he gets abducted by aliens. He gets taken for a joyride in his own body. He, his consciousness sort of takes a back seat to this alien entity, which hijacks him, takes him on a joyride through Cape town, which is his hometown. Um, and this alien seems to be trying to uh, go through the human experience. And, you know, he picked the wrong guy, essentially um, just going through, you know, the the gritty, dirty, grimy underbelly of Cape Town, South Africa, uh, which is a beautiful tourist destination, but it is not portrayed in that way in this film. It's phenomenal, guys. It's exclusively on the uh, streaming service called Shudder. And if you want to check that out, they are offering a free week. Uh, no promo code necessary. Just go in there. And, uh, you know, you, you just throw your email down, you get all that stuff set up, and then you're able to, uh, you know, check out especially this movie, Fried Berry. But you can also see all the other great horror movies that they have. It's horror movies exclusively. 
Um, but what's cool about Fried Berry, it's not really a horror movie as we get into it. It's, it's not only horror, I should say. It's, you know, action, it's comedy, it's horror. And there's even like a sprinklings of like a little love story in there too. Uh, done phenomenally, phenomenally, uh, insanely, insanely well. Uh, this, this was done. He, like I said, he's done a lot of music videos and shorts. So he's very, very visual. The audio is incredible. Um, but Barry doesn't talk much. Um, it's mostly people around him talking and you just, it's got such a unique vibe that, um, you know, I'm not just saying this because I had the the opportunity to talk with, uh, uh, Ryan Kruger, the director, but it's, it's just done freaking well, man. So check it out on shutter. Um, like I said, I want to keep this as short as possible. His, uh, you know, ways that you can kind of reach out to him friedberry.com is the official website for the movie you can get merch if you're interested if you watch the movie and you love it as much as i did you can check those the merch out that they have they've got blackberry bourbon hot sauce which sounds amazing it's purple which is kind of cool um you get t-shirts uh skateboard decks posters all kinds of cool little uh things that they have over at friedberry.com and if you want to reach out to him on social media it's a ryan kruger thing on all major social media platforms or fried berry movie on the same platforms. Um, thank you, Ryan, very much for, for having this conversation with us. And I got to give a big thank you to Lee who connected us. Lee's a Patreon subscriber and uh, a new friend of the show. He, he subscribed to the highest tier that $10. Um, and, and he's, he's committed to doing that for us just to help us out, man. So thank you, Lee way out there across the pond in the UK, uh, you know, who, who knew Ryan and connected me. Um, and it was, it was incredible to get to talk to somebody like this. It's not all film talk that we do. We talk about conspiracies. We talk about the moon landing. Uh, I think, I think that's in the Patreon portion, which you can get for three bucks at patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. And, uh, it's kind of cool getting the, uh, you know, a, a film expert and a visual expert really kind of poking holes in the mainstream uh, theory. And, uh, you know, for the record, he is on our side with this. He does believe that the moon landing was faked. Uh, at least the footage was faked. Uh, and he gives his reasons for that. Awesome, awesome stuff. And we talk about the uh, subliminal messages in the movie and things like that. So uh, still staying on brand with this episode, even though it was kind of a cool opportunity to talk with someone that is no doubt going to have major, major success in the film industry and how, the industry is changing so much. Um, so again, thank you, Lee. Thank you, Ryan Kruger. Um, again, got to do a little housekeeping. Got to keep this quick. First and foremost, guys, Patreon subscribers, you guys get all of our love. Okay. Whether you're giving $3, $5 or $10, you are making these shows happen. Go check that out. Join the family at uh, patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast and uh, help us keep these shows going, man. We're having a ton of fun, and uh, we love you guys more than anyone, okay? Even more than Manscaped, who is our, and you know, it's our it's our big sponsor. I can't say I love you more than Manscaped, but Manscaped has some phenomenal products. If you haven't already heard, that Lawnmower 4.0 is the bee's knees, and you can get free shipping and 20% off when you use the promo code DANGER, okay? Lawnmower 4.0 is the best, best trimmer, in uh, all your below-the-belt stuff, you know, you want to trim up your balls for date night or whatever the case may be. For the record, you know, I know you guys know this. I use it for my face. I had the three, the the older version. I think it was the 3.0. Um, use that on my sex still, and I use this one on my face, and it works good. You guys know I take a lot of pride in how my beard looks. The shaver doesn't know if it's shaving, you know, uh, girl parts, man parts, or face. You know, it doesn't. it doesn't care. It's not going to not work. If you're trying to shave something like that, also great ball deodorant, great foot deodorant, great male grooming products. The soap is awesome too. I got some of that myself. So um, check them out. Manscaped.com. Use the promo code danger, free shipping, 20% off around the world. The free shipping is okay. Um, so unlock those, those freaking tools for your family jewels, man. Make sure that you check them out. And they also are helping out a lot with uh, testicular cancer and, and uh, you know, doing the right thing by their, by their uh, demographic. You know, uh, young males, uh, the highest type of cancer, the, the most common type of cancer, I should say, is testicular cancer. Males 15 to like 40, I think the age range is. Um, so, guys, 
support Manscaped. Danger is the promo code that you need to use for 20% off and free shipping around the world, okay? And last but not least is my personal uh, website for the store. If you love the show, Dangerous World Podcast, you can go and check out DangerousWorldStore.com. Buy a shirt for July. I'm going to be running a 4th of July sale in honor of 4th of July 1776. All t-shirts are going to be $17.76, guys. They're still the same quality, still great stuff. The reason that I'm able to keep the prices so cheap is because we do not have a middleman. I print these myself on eco-friendly shirts. I use eco-friendly ink. The shirts are textiled here in the U.S. Um, Some are in Honduras. Uh, but we don't use any of that Chinese crap. So um, support American small business, whether it's us or whether it's another show. Alt Media United has, uh, you know, connected us with with quite a few people. So check them out, altmediaunited.com. Um, but yeah, guys, um, really, really appreciate the support that you've given us so far and hope to continue seeing that. Enjoy this freaking episode with Ryan Kruger. Very, very talented dude and exciting to talk to. So enjoy, and I will see you in a couple days, everybody. All right, so Ryan Kruger, man. I mean, you had uh, some serious success with your Fried Berry movie. This is your first ever feature-length film. And I'm sure a lot of directors out there would give their left nut to have the success that you've had with this shit, dude. So how are you, first of all? Yeah, I'm good, man. Uh, thank you so much for, for having me on. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a wild ride. <clears throat> I mean, I think um, like it's just one of those things that, you know, when you want to, you know, as a, as a director to shoot a feature film, you never know when it's going to come along and, you know, it's trial and error and then, you know, yeah. and then it eventually happened. So yeah, it's been, it's been awesome. And you know, the, how far it's got so far and the press and everything. Yeah. It's just been, it's been awesome. It's been great. Hell yeah. And you are the first South African that I've had the opportunity to talk with here. Um, okay, I know cool. you're, you're born in Liverpool, correct? Yeah. 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 I'm basically so South African. I've, I've been living here now for like, th- uh, yeah, it's been like 13 years. So, but my dad's South African, mom's English. So yeah, it's always, it's always been in my blood, always been like back and forth. Uh, but yeah. Yeah, dude. It seems like an incredible place. And you you portray Cape Town as a very, very, like <laughs> almost like a two-sided uh, city. Or or what is Cape Town technically? Is it a city or is it? I mean, I know. Yeah, yeah, it's a city. The, 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 the funny thing about uh, Cape Town is it, it's a really beautiful, it is a really beautiful place. Yeah. Not that you would get that from, um, you know, from... Fried Barry. Um, from Fried Barry, but at the same time, you know, majority of the people that uh, that come shoot in, in South Africa, they come shoot because we have so many, like, beautiful locations and they show yeah. the, the beauty off. And, I, yeah, I basically wanted to shoot Fried Barry like, like you haven't seen it. You know, like, I wanted to shoot uh, South Africa, Cape Town, like you've never seen it before. So I probably fucked up like Cape Town tourism. No, dude, go, no, I'm not going to fucking go there. <laughs> no, that's what I'm saying, man. Is like, you know, it seems like this, like it's a tale of two cities, but it's one city. And it seems like you're seeing, like, like you said, most of the time you're seeing the beauty of this area, but then you yeah. kind of show this underbelly and every city yeah. has that, you know, like the, the yeah, yeah. That's what, that's what I always say. It's every, no matter where you are in the world. Um, yeah. We always get those dodgy areas, those dodgy people, yeah. And there's, you know, there's places, no matter where you are in the world, that you wouldn't walk down the road at four in the morning. Exactly. So, you know? Exactly. Yeah. And dude, let's, so let's talk about fried berry here a little bit. And then um, I want to get into to some other things with you, too, because I kind of want to get behind like the mind of Ryan Kruger, the, the guy that made fried berry. So you, you started off fried berry started off, I should say, with a three minute short, right? Just yeah. over three minutes. Um, no talking in this short it seems like there's a, there's, I think two lines that I heard. Um, yeah, it's very, very experimental. You know, it's very, it, the, the, the short experimental is basically, you know, a guy off his head on drugs. There's no sci-fi element to it. It's just, yeah. you know, a guy on his latest hit and, and his highs and his lows. And that's, you know, it was a standalone, you know, it was a standalone uh, short experimental, but there was, there was never, there was actually never a plan to make a feature from that. It was just like a standalone thing that just did really well. 
and yeah it seems like that was your thing was short movies and then music videos that you fuck around with a lot too right so um and that's what i love because you know uh, fried berry the feature film is on shutter and they have what i like about shutter is that it has the reviews of the movies and i dude i thought it was so funny one of the negative reviews was this like uh, it's like a long music video and it's like well dude i mean this this dude spent his time working with music videos yeah. And it's like, to me, I would see that as a compliment. You know what I mean? Because it is yeah. very visual, just like the short. The The feature film is very visual. Um, there's from your your star, uh, Gary Green is his name. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So he's not even a, a trained actor, right? So this guy, you yeah. just kind of took, um, you started using, you know, unorthodox methods to create this very, very unique film uh, with yeah. a plot that is is pretty unique i mean you know what i think of it as is it's a combination to me of requiem for a dream and the fourth kind i don't know if you've seen both of those movies yeah yeah yeah. so and i mean those are two of my favorite movies man the fourth kind i actually thought was like documentary footage when i was younger and it freaked me the fuck out and um so i mean so let's just talk about the movie a little bit dude like um you know like i said we started with a three minute short and then we get into this epic movie that's won a bunch of awards. It's exclusive on Shutter. You've got your own hot sauce for the movie, which looks bomb, yeah. by the way. Um, but yeah. yeah, I mean, like, let's get into it, dude. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, what happened was so after I did the the um, you know the short experimental, um, the reason why I shot the short experimental was because you know I've always been known as a you know music video director and shooting short narratives within, you know, within a music video. And a lot of the time I could do what I, what I wanted, but I was still in a box because of, you know, it has to suit the, you know, the concept has to suit suit the music and then it's got to get on TV and, you know, I'm kind of still in a box. So I decided to do that. I wanted to do like a four and a half year project, which I'm still working on now shooting eight experimental films. And it just happened to be that the first one was you know fry barry the short and with these it was a great thing because there's no rules you know and i can do whatever the fuck i want and i'm not bothered if it doesn't get on tv or anything i can literally do exactly what i want and and not have to worry about anybody saying anything and then also where i was in my like personal life at the time um to cut a long story short uh I had uh, something wrong with my kidney. Uh, I had an operation. I got sepsis. Uh, I broke up with a girl. My cat got cancer. I went into depression and I just went down this like dark hole. And down at that dark hole, I was just like, you know, what is that number one thing I've always wanted to do? And it was to to make a film. And I, and I just thought, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna get an idea, or I've got many scripts, and I'm just gonna. I'm going to just do it. I'm just literally, that's going to be my medicine to, you know, to get me out of this mess that I was in. And at the time uh, I met a producer that I worked with once and I only knew him for about a month and a half. And and basically I got this idea for Fry Barry and then three days I fleshed out like 50% scene brief breakdown of majority of the the movie and you know how you know how it's gonna you know just the, the whole idea of the movie but very brief breakdown uh you know barry does this barry does that uh so i had something to start with because as soon as i got the idea it had to be the right idea because of gary green and because we were shooting it over a long period of time and that was it and then i you know after i got that i rang my producer and i said to him i want to make a movie and i want to make it next month and he's like have you got a script and i was like no, because of this and this and this, and uh, I want to do it in a certain way. And that's the thing. I had all these other scripts that I could have uh, shot. Um, but I, when I looked at all those scripts, I was like, I can make all these films cool, but there's nothing really uh, that really stands out for all of them. And then when I got the idea for Fry Barry, I was like, fuck, I haven't seen this film. And that's that's what you know really excited me. And like the eleven-year-old me would have fucking loved this film, you know, when it when it when it if you know if I ever saw this uh, type of film, and that was it. And then you know you know my producer said, um, you know, why do you want to shoot it next month? And I was like, because if we don't shoot it next month, it's never going to happen. It's just going to get prolonged. And a month later, we started shooting. We shot twenty-eight days over a year and a half, 
and yeah, and it was just it was uh, it was a uh, it was uh, it was great doing it like that because at the same time when we were shooting, it was really cool because then I was writing as we were going along. So every scene was very well thought out and planned and and detailed of, you know, how I wanted this design of the movie, but I also wanted to be open and free to change things because in normal films, you get a greenlit script and it's like, this is what we're doing and we can't go anywhere else. This is, this is it. So, you know, I still wanted to be open to have ideas and change ideas and come up with cool ideas on the spot where we can change things. And that's where a lot of magic and beauty came out of, uh, out of Fry Barry. And I think well, it's cool that it's improv in the movie, right? From what I, yeah, understand. yeah. There's a lot. I mean, all, all the main dialogue I wrote uh, for the film, but there was a lot of, you know, improv where, and that's why I'm saying everything was still very well thought out. And even with the improv, you know, it was like, okay, let's try this. Let's yeah. try that. And okay, that doesn't work. Maybe say this and say that, you know, and, and that was it. And it was just, it's not like we rocked up on set and we didn't know what we were doing. Uh, you know, yeah. everything was like very structured still. And yeah, and it was just, um, and as I said, you know, work even with uh, Gary Green. So Gary Green, he's not a, he's not a trained actor, uh, but I love his look. And I know this film is made for him, you know, yeah, this film. Very unique look you did. Yeah, yeah, nobody could have done this film better than him. So because, you know, w- when I got to that point, when I thought of the idea, to, to make it work, I had to tick all those boxes because Gary's not an actor, because we're shooting over a year and a half, because of because we're shooting over a year and a half, then it's also continuity and all that. So that's why it was almost like a road movie without the car, but Barry's the car. So every person <laughs> that he meets, once we film them, they're done and they're out the way. So he's the main continuity in the movie. And then as time went on, you know, you know there was only two other actors that came back into it and then with Gary working with Gary was really interesting because you know he knew before we started filming I was like you know this is what the film's about this is you know this is the overall story and then I I didn't give him anything to look at anything to prep for or anything I wanted because he's not that trained actor I didn't want him to overthink anything I didn't want him to prep anything or then I would have to get him out of that space so it was, I needed that clean slate every day. So he yeah. only knew what we were doing between 40 minutes to an hour before we started shooting. Um, and yeah, it was just that clean slate every single day. And then that's incredible. Yeah. And then the other thing was that what was interesting was, so I, I did a lot of improv with the other actors, but the, Gary was the only one that I didn't want to improv with because the movie relies on this character and I needed to make sure it fucking works. So when it came to working with Gary, it was funny because his character mimics people. You know, he's like that kid. He's like that sponge, Yeah. you know, when he uh, meets people and he mimics them. So when it came to directing, it was quite funny because I'm on like the side of the camera and I'm like, Gary, okay, copy my face. Now do this face. Now do this face. I'll pull your (laughs) face like this, scrunch up your face, open your eyes more. And, And I was doing that on the side of the camera because I was busy editing the scene in my head as we're going along. So I'm like, okay, I've got this shot of this guy and I know I've got that, but now I need this reaction and I need this reaction for another option or I need this. And because the, you know, and when Gary, and when Gary did speak, because uh, that was the other thing, I didn't want to give him a lot of dialogue because I know, you, you know, he wouldn't be able to handle it and this and that. So the other thing was uh, the dialogue that he does have in it was because of the character and stuff even if the line delivery was a bit off or weird it doesn't matter he's a fucking alien so it didn't it it didn't it didn't really matter so yeah but like I said you know nobody could have done this part better than Gary and this movie was made for him and he you know I think he knew that this was his shot and yeah and he just gave 120 percent and I think anybody that watches the movie can see that you know we had a fucking good time you know it's, time. it yeah, seems it's just, like one of the funnest like you know because you do show some behind the scenes on the website and things like that it seems like just a bunch of friends getting together and making a badass movie you know you guys kind of struck gold with this thing and i hope that we start seeing more work from you in the future um you said a lot though there and i, I kind of wanted to kind of go back to to what you said in the beginning there where you were having this really hard time man um, cause I, I just kind of went through some stuff like that personally where, you know, I'm a, I'm a dog person, not a cat person, but I respect cat people, you know, 
and and you had this incident with your cat and you're breaking up with the girl and it seems like shit's just hitting the fan you know left and right and you find yourself in this abyss um you know feel free to not answer or or to pass this question but uh, is this when uh do you do you mess around with drugs at all because it seems Uh, like a very you would you you would think so watching Friday Pirates exactly exactly Interesting. Yeah. So this is kind of like your escape, like like making movies seems to be like your drug. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And that's why, you know, I knew that, uh, you know, at the bottom of that hole, you know, I, I just knew that this is this is literally the only, you know, the only thing that can get me out because it's the biggest thing that I've always wanted to do. And, it's, yeah. you know, I've come close over the years, you know, to to make in the films and then it doesn't happen or it just drifts away. So it was just like, Oh, fuck that. Like, you know, I'm just going to fucking do it myself. And when you've been fucking around with, with films since you were 14, like you've been really interested in filmography yeah. and, and you yeah, wanted yeah. to be a and director. That, yeah. Yeah. And that was the thing of, you know, I've never wasted time doing anything else, but don't get me wrong about a, like a hundred shit jobs that, yeah, <laughs> that I fucking too. hated back in the day. And yeah, I think we've all, I think we've all been through that. And yeah, it's just where I was. Like all the shit that happened, it was just like kicking me while I was down, you know. And and I just thought this is the only thing to get me out. And it was, you know what? It was like the worst fucking time in my life, without a doubt. And it's weird now because looking back on it, it's very like hazy in a way. Yeah, and like it wasn't even you, right? Yeah, yeah. No, it's weird, dude. Like I also behaved like completely different and everything. And you know, like my dad was like, "Oh, maybe you need to, you know, go speak to somebody." Maybe you need to take medication. And for me, the person that I am, I'm just like, fuck, I don't want to take medication. Yeah. I think if I go speak to somebody, I'm just going to go down the, ho- the, down the hole further. And I was like, I know, and I'm lucky to know, because you know what? Everybody's depression and everybody handles depression and stress in many different ways. And every, everybody's unique and d- different. For me, I was lucky to know that I need to do this to get myself out. And I think that was the the lucky thing that I knew. And even those times that were dark and it was the worst time in my life at the same time, I'm so fucking grateful for that shitty time in a weird fucking way, because I wouldn't have done my movie. It like, it took me to go through that to make my movie. And and I'm fucking grateful for that. And, and even now, like with the success of the movie and everything, it's still, yeah, it still hasn't hit me. <laughs> it's still, I'm still, I'm still very much like, oh, fucking made a film. Oh, it's out. Like it's, <laughs> it's still, it's, it's still a very bizarre uh, feeling because I've wanted it like my whole life for so long, and then now that I've got it, I'm just like, oh, it's weird. It's weird that I've done it. Yeah, it's, like, it, it, it's just like a weird, like fucking hazy dream that I've actually got a movie, which is which is awesome. It's it, it is almost like a lucid dream, like it like it's yeah. not you actually experiencing it. So like for me, you know, I don't have as nearly as much success that you have with this podcast compared to like Fried Berry. Um but I also haven't wanted to do this for as long. Like this was a childhood dream of yours. Uh I yeah. like you just you know uh what was it about three years ago man I got in a really bad car accident because I was in a dark oh, dark place. Um yeah. I flipped a truck um, and they don't know if I got thrown out of it or not. The doctor thinks that I did when I went and got checked out, got a nasty scar on the top of my head, um, got it stapled shut from the, from the, uh, uh, trauma unit here in, in Tucson, Arizona. And, um, you know, that like, I consider that like my second birth date, you know what I mean? Like yeah. not birthday, yeah. but like, just like yeah. I was reborn that day, you know? And it seems like what you're telling me with, you know, the because it is traumatic when you have like a cat. People will make fun of people when they're like down about a pet having problems or whatever. The family, the family members. You see, yeah. I've always been a dog person. And then I, I got my cat and my cat's very much like a dog. Like, he has really? the same. Yeah, he's like, he's, he's basically a fucking dog. And do you still have the cat? Fetch. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I saved my cat. I did all this research. <laughs> Good. I, I did all this research on. Uh, cancer patients not even for animals or anything and I did all this research and I made him this like uh cancer medicine and I just like the vet wanted to put him down and then like every day I was giving him this medicine that I made and when I took him back to the eh, it's a long story it's a it's like a sitting like vitamin c Uh, it's like vitamin c granules mixed with this uh 
I can't remember the other name of the other drug and and you've got to like mix it let it set for like four hours mix the other thing let it set for four hours blend it together then get an ultrasonic ultrasonic machine like stare it for like half an hour and what it basically does is it works like 90 90 times better than like an IV drip so it basically goes into your bloodstream and slowly lets off uh, this really uh, uh, powerful vitamin C Wow. And that's what like cures like the cells and reboots like the body. And, you know, and the, the vet wanted to put them down. And then I gave him that every day, I gave him, um, uh, what do you call it? Oil, um, cannabis oils. oils. Yeah, yeah. I gave him the like cannabis oil, uh, at night and months, like a year later, I brought him back to the vet just for like a checkup for something. I can't remember what it was for. And they were like, this is not, this is not the same cat. And I'm like, yeah, it is. And they're like impossible. Like, this is not the same cat. And I was like, <laughs> it is. So they took a blood test and they were like, yeah, it's fucking fine. So, wow. so the so, cancer is gone out of the cat. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, totally fine. So he's my little, uh, it's my little sidekick, you know? <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. See, the, yeah. see, that's, what's nuts, man. I don't know if, um, if the medicine in South Africa is similar to like Western medicine, would you consider it to be the same thing? Um, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. I guess. Cause so like, you know, I, I've taken when my dog had his issues going on, I took him, he had this massive, I mean, it was like a cantaloupe or like a melon size tumor that he had on his shoulder. It just kept growing, kept growing. Um, And I took him when it was relatively small to the vet. And they're like, yeah, this is going to cost you $3,000 initially. And then we're going to have to give him radiation. We're going to have to cut his leg off. Um, And he's an 11 year old dog, dude. So like, I'm not going to cut the leg off of an 11 year old dog because you can't explain what happened? You know what I mean? Yeah. If you cut the leg off a kid, you can tell them like, Hey, that leg was going to kill you. So we had to cut it off. But yeah. I take the dog in. Um, no, no hope for him. I call him to get euthanized like a, a local um, horse veterinarian right in the area yeah. that I live. Guy comes over. He's all ready to put my dog down. And he's like, Hey man, I can cut this out for $1,200. And I'm like, are you fucking kidding me? Like everyone's telling me this dog's going to die. And he just did it, dude, you know? And so like now, like we just got the stitches taken out and he was telling me that, you know, Western medicine, it's, it's not healthcare. It's sick care. It's trying to keep people sick in a perpetual state. Uh, It's it's insane. It's insane that, you know, that even the vets don't even say, you know, we've had this success story from this person go do this go buy this or we will give you this or you know it's insane it's like insane you know i could have just fucking put him down but i was just like no fucking way Good. it's like i've been kicked while i'm down i'm like i'm fucking doing research and i'm I, i'm gonna I, I gotta try something you know what i mean and yeah luckily i did what i did you know good for and, you uh, man. And then luckily you did what you did as well you know so it's crazy how you know things turn out and um yeah yeah now, it's interesting, though, like, so sorry to get off on that tangent, dude, but I just find that interesting that you had a pet that you had the same kind of shit going on um, with. I want to uh, touch a little more on this movie, though, because it is it really is incredible, man. So um, did you intentionally put in a lot of Freemasonic symbolism in the movie, like the checkerboard floor in the club, um, things like that? There's a, uh, not that, but uh, I didn't think about that. But that's cool. <laughs> but, th- but there's a there's a lot of uh there's a lot of easter eggs uh there's a lot of yeah like little hidden things in that movie there's like tons and there's a lot of references from you know other 80s movies late 70s movies there's like a ton of you know little references there of other movies that i like i mean for me i'm a i'm a big fan of like 80s cinema uh which i think is like the best and are you a kubrick yeah, fan yeah, yeah, yeah. I, look, I do. I literally love like all like eighties films. For me, that's the the best times for like movies and stuff. So music, too. and I think it's cool. Like I, I think Fry Barrow is perfect just to put all these, um, you know, all these like little Easter eggs in there and hidden little messages and stuff. And I just thought it was cool. And you see, the thing is that you know the movie's very, you know. The movie obviously means a lot to me because it's my first film, but it means so much more to me because, you know, what I went through, you know, before I made it and what I put into it because of what I went through, you know, so it would, uh, you know, it'll always be that, um, you know, that light at the end of the tunnel 
because of what I went through. And that's what I made from all that shit in my life that was happening at the time, you know? How many times you watched that movie just kind of thinking about what led you to making it? Like, it's got to be therapeutic. Yeah, you know what? It just, it happened, like, you know, the story what I said to you now, it just, it happened like super quick. You know, how everything just came together. Like, it was from a conversation to you know those three days and having that conversation and then a month later we started shooting i mean it it came together so quick and i mean even when i chatted to my producer at the time who i got on board i mean he didn't know i was in such a fucking dark place at the time but i knew i needed to do this like now not four months down the line or six months or maybe next year and that's why i was like it has to be next month we have to shoot next month because I fucking need, you know, I fucking need this like now, you know? Yeah. And and that's the thing, dude. It's like, you know, for the like filmmakers out there and stuff. And it, to be honest, it's, it doesn't, it's not even about filmmaking. It's any fucking job yeah. in the world or what you want. It's one of those things where you just got to do it. And, you know, I would say like Nike got it right. Cause you like, you literally just got to fucking do it. Like you can't wait on anybody. You can't wait for people to say this or get shut down or, you know, like there's no better time than like now to do something and not wait. And, you know, and, and that's the thing. It's like, you know, I think people are like scared for change or scared about money or this or that, but people are make scared less of success. money. You know what I mean? Yeah. People are scared of actually blowing up and getting yeah. successful. Yeah. And that's the thing you, you just, you know, it's easy to say, but it's, it's just that you just got to make that first step. And once you've made that first step, you're already on your way. Yeah. And that's the cool thing about it. Like when I shot the first day, I knew straight away. I'm like, right. I know I'm going to finish it because I've started day one. And that was, and that was the cool thing to, to stand there on that first day and go fucking out. I'm so fucking happy that we're actually doing this thing, you know? And yeah, it's dude. funny that it took me to go through all, because I've always been driven and ambition, but it's fo- ambitious, but it, it's funny that it took me to go through that to really, really, really get my ass into gear to really make that first step and yeah, sometimes yeah sometimes you've got to go through something bad to to create something very creative or, or really good and or to do something whatever you do in your life to you know to do that thing so yeah it's fascinating that you say that man like you kind of got to go through it to get to it you know what i mean like it, it is it, it seems very true when you hear success stories of people a lot of times they come from shit they had a, yeah. a rough upbringing or whatever. And then with countries too, you know, I'm hoping that I'm sure that you've kind of uh, been paying attention a little bit of what's going on in the U S here with like our political uh, atmosphere that we're living in currently, where, yeah. I mean, you know, you've got all these activist groups popping up. You've got all kinds of chaos in this like mighty empire that is the United States. And it seems like we're, we're seeing like the fall of Rome type situation yeah, going yeah. on here. Um, I'm hoping that we're just going through that little rough period. It may take a couple decades or or who knows how long, but I yeah. hope that the United States and the world comes out on a better side. Cause I, I did a little research on the government of South Africa. There's a huge history there, obviously, you know, um, yeah. the, the biggest thing that came out of there uh, for Americans is, is Nelson Mandela. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the Mandela effect and shit like that. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I, I hope, that we can kind of turn this whole thing around and we can actually end up in a better spot than we are now do. But um, yeah. do you know much about the Mandela effect? Are you into that kind of shit? Yeah. 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 I've heard, I've heard a few, I think, I, I think I, I only heard about it. Like, I think it was a few years ago or something. And I was like, Oh, this sounds really familiar, but uh, yeah, but I love <laughs> shit like that. It's always like really interesting how you see things or how, your brain thinks one thing and you thought like you were so sure that this happened or yeah. And then you've heard of CERN. I'm sure like a lot of people blame CERN, that hydron particle collider uh, outside of Switzerland. Have you heard of this? It's like, uh, so, so the internet was created for CERN and uh, CERN is uh, C E R N and their logo is a circle with a bunch of little sticks coming out. And it's three yeah. sticks that come out of this, and it's, it forms a 666, kind of like Google Chrome, how their logo okay, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And they have the god Shiva the Destroyer, the Indian god, uh, Shiva the Destroyer, as their mascot of this fucking thing that they're literally fucking around with antimatter. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the god particle. 
is what they're doing. And when this whole thing came to fruition, it seems like that's when people started experiencing the Mandela effect, quote unquote, right? Um, You know, remembering the Bernstein bears versus the Bernstein bears. That was my big one. Um, Just in insane shit. Uh, but I mean, do you do you like off the top of your head? Does anything other than just like that uh, come out of South Africa? Other than Elon Musk, too. I mean, Elon Musk is yeah. a shady fuck for a lot of people in my industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, because the dude he acted like he was poor growing up, and he owned his yeah. parents owned an emerald mine. He talks about hey, he was eating hot dogs constantly, and he couldn't even like you know support himself. And his yeah. parents owned an emerald mine. He would trade emeralds for cash growing up didn't really start any of the companies that he that he pretends to start and i'm not saying like you know i, I don't know I, I'll, I'll be honest i like I, I actually don't know too much about him sometimes when it comes to like certain things i'm just like Ugh, it's just yeah it's just all bullshit do you fuck around <laughs> you know with like, cryptocurrency and stuff like that and no no i haven't it, you know what <laughs> it's almost like sometimes like i just live in a bubble in a sense of like, that's good. Sometimes I fucking, I, I fucking make. It's like I don't even watch TV. Like I literally, I haven't watched TV in probably like thirteen years. You know, like if I go to like my mom's place in England or something, and the TV's on, I'll like sit there. But like I, I never fucking watch it. So I'm in my own kind of bubble where I'm always like busy, like writing stuff or busy doing stuff. If somebody sends me something, I'll check it out. But I'm yeah, I kind of like live in a, a little fucking bubble in a way. I mean- that's good. You know what I mean? Cause then you're not influenced by outside shit. I find that kind of interesting because usually a lot of people that are really into films, they're just constantly watching, trying to stay like up to date and trying to make sure that they know like what's going on, whether it's mainstream media or just like big movies. Do you watch a lot of like the big movies coming out of like the U S yeah, yeah. like, like well, obviously, you know, I'm always constantly watching like fucking films like all the time. Like, but you know, it's one of those where, I always say there's more bad films yeah. than good films Absolutely. these days. It's, we live in the generation of remakes and reboots and prequels and other movies that we've seen before. They've just changed it from the desert to space or whatever. It's the same shit. So it's only every now and then you see, you know, a, you know, a good, a good film. And, and I always say, you know, it's like, you know, how many films do we start to watch 10 off after 10 minutes or watch it and then don't tell anybody don't don't tell anybody about it because it's not worth the conversation and it's like when i made fried barry when i got the idea and it, when i knew this was the film to make instead of the other scripts that i had was that i know that this film is not for everybody people are either gonna love it or fucking hate it they're either gonna get it or they're not they're either gonna get so much out of it and understand you know the whole movie like the darker side of humanity uh how crazy society is and it's not the alien that's fucking crazy it's us as humans we're just yeah. like complicated human beings you know and you know the film's design you know in every way the film's design whether it's editing cinematography music uh camera movement you know everything it's designed to take you on this journey it's designed for a trip like an experience that's that's what fry barry is and it's men feel disjointed i mean you're you're going you you know you have to go into this movie with like an open mind and you're going on this trip as barry or you're going on this trip with barry and and that's you know like i said that's it's a it's an experience type of film so it's interesting to see what people get out of it that love it because there's so much that they'll say and then the people that don't like it they don't see they just see art from one scene to the next and it's it's really interesting to see that that side. But it Fryberry's designed that even if you don't like it, you will remember it. Even if you don't like it, you will talk about it. And I thought this is the this is the right first film to to make because no matter what, you won't forget about this film if you've watched it and you will talk about it. You know? Yeah, did you open yourself up to a lot of criticism by putting out a movie like this as your first feature length film? Like you kind of yeah, like it's, just a, it's, it's a bold film. It's a, it's a very it's it a is. very bold film. Absolutely, and it will rub, dude. It will it, rub people certain people the wrong way. But you know, sure. it's like I always say, it's like you know, there's a lot of depth within Fry Barry. You know, with like like I said, with the humanity and society and all that. But at the same time, it's just a movie. 
Like, don't think too much about it. It's just a fucking movie, you know? And it's, and it's, you know, that may have all those things in it, but it's also, it's just a movie. Like, don't, don't overthink, you know, some of these things that, that, that might rub people the wrong way. I'm just like, it's a fucking movie. It's characters. Well, dude, characters, you know? that's, that's interesting that you say that because not only, um, you know, here in the US, we, a lot of people think that this whole COVID shit, uh you know it seems like you know some of the crazier people they start to think that like it was like it this is like an alien virus right and if you were to bring an alien entity down and put it in a human body they would kind of act like how barry was acting right it's it's hard to know for sure how they would act but they would be here and they'd be like why why is this dude raping this chick why is you know why is this dude uh you know keeping kids locked up or why is anything like this going on um yeah it doesn't make sense you would think for an evolved species to actually like you know comprehend exactly what's going on so that's very interesting that you bring that up and this came out in 2020 correct yeah well it only came out now uh 2021 it only came out this year but it was last year was like the festival gotcha you know, the festival room um and you started yeah, working I- 2018 correct uh, yeah, so we're, I can't even fucking remember at the top of my head when we started, but yeah, by the, if it got finished at the beginning of uh, last year, and that's when it was started hitting uh, the festivals and only, you know, a month or two ago now that, you know, it hit Shudder. So was so, COVID really fucking with you guys at your festivals? Uh, a little bit, but it was actually beneficial. So because more people actually watched it online. So it was actually a cool thing. But uh, going back to like the Shudder deal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So going back to Good. the alien thing is that, yeah, it, it's funny because, you know, an alien, you know, if this, this film could have, uh, you know, if the, it was just a bad, bad draw that he, they picked up the drug addict instead of a nine to five normal guy. So it, it just yeah. changed, you know, if it was, if it was, if they picked up, you know, nine to fiver, it would have been a fucking different story. And that's why I always say like, it would have been funny, you know, you know, the aliens are going, right, we're going to get you a body. We're going to drop you off. You're going to be this alien tourist. Just get loads of information for us. We'll pick you back up next week. And let's see, you know, and then next week would come and they'd be like, yeah, they just want to fuck. They just want to take drugs. And it's, it, yeah, they're just fucking crazy, you know? So yeah, that, that's how they w- probably would have seen it. But uh, talking with like conspiracies and stuff like that with, um aliens you know if they came here or whatever but it's also like that i think it was about eight years ago it could have been more but it you know there was that thing with the canadian military of uh, defense where all these official government people came you know you know all came into this room like a proper government meeting and the canadian military defense said you know we've been working with aliens now for the past like nine ten years or something like he said yeah and and I think that is more legit than any UFO video online that could be real, that could be fake, that it's, you know, this is like proper government officials. And they also said that, you know, America should open up and and tell people that, you know, it is true. And it's one of those things where it should have been on every single fucking paper, on the front of every paper, news channel. And it did with some, but like hardly any, that it should have been out there. And it's just not. And I think we live in that day and age. You know, like back in the day, when or you see these like documentaries and uh, somebody witnessed this and then he just out the blue died or he went missing or or whatever. Because the thing is, is like if me and you were sitting there, uh, if me and you were like in the middle of nowhere and a fucking UFO came down, we filmed it and we were like, oh my god, this is this is fucking real. We, we you know we filmed this thing. It doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter because, like, we'll put it online and everybody's going, ah, you can tell it's fake. Exactly. Like, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Like, it doesn't matter if it's real or not. And that's why I think that when that day comes, the only time anybody's ever going to fucking believe it is, like, you'll get fucking Oprah or some person like that. No shit. Where it'll be like, okay, now we're going to bring on Bob the alien. And Bob the alien comes on, and everybody's like, oh, my God, it's fucking real. It's fucking alien sitting there. <laughs> and for the first time, everybody's like, oh, my God, this, this is a fucking alien. And then the first question, they'll be like, okay, we're opening the floor for questions. And the, the first question would be, so how did we get here? 
as humans. And then the alien's going to go, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We fucking, we actually brought you here. And then every single fucking religion in the world will just go out the fucking window. And everybody's going to be like, oh, my God, I've been fucking praying for the last fucking 50 years of my life, all for nothing. <laughs> and it, it, it was all fucking for nothing. You Are know? you so religious at all? Any kind um, of religion? Uh, well, I, I'm I'm actually Jewish, but at the same time, I'm not like heavy. You know, I'm not heavy. I'm not heavy like religious. So, so you're I'm like really, a like, cult- cultural Jewish, not so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm open minded. I'm like spiritual agnostic. You know, like, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. So, I'm right there with you, dude. You um, know, there's like I believe that you know there might be a higher power of some sort or like that, but it's at the same time, it's like you know we we don't. We don't know. Oh, fuck it. It's one of those where we love talking about conspiracies and ghosts and aliens and all this, but we just keep going around in a fucking circle. But it's always good to talk about. Exactly, it, you know, dude. You know, have, and that's have, the thing with COVID, 9-11. We'll talk about all this shit and it'll just go fucking around in circles for like ever. We'll, we'll never fucking get to the bottom of it, you know? Yeah, dude. You know, you mentioned, you mentioned how uh, the only way that people uh, as a whole are going to accept that aliens are real wholeheartedly without saying like, you know, a video on YouTube strike or whatever. I don't know if you've heard about the Phoenix lights incident we had. uh, So I live in, yeah. So I live in Arizona. Um, The, the city I'm in is Tucson and uh, the capital of Arizona is Phoenix. And there was this massive, massive sighting of these three dots. It was a giant triangle flying through the sky um, yeah. I mean, you like one person said that they they took their their arms and they opened up a newspaper, and yeah. it couldn't even cover the amount of where this oh, fucking shit. yeah it was su- such a big craft. And it's funny that you say that like Oprah would have to bring on a fucking alien because they the 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 local politicians of Phoenix, Arizona were trying to make fun of the people that believed it was aliens so much that they brought out a fake alien. Like literally, like an yeah. alien, like a, a dressed in a yeah. fucking suit. This dude's wearing like an alien mascot costume. Walks out, and he's like, "Yeah, I was the one responsible for the lights up there." You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. It's throwing it in your face, dude. And one of my favorite types of like categories of of um, conspiracies is yeah. uh, predictive programming, like shit that you see in movies. You know, whether yeah. it be something like Fried Berry or something that is a more mainstream, uh, classical type movie, like. Uh, uh what's that one independence day or uh you know all kinds of different shit where like black mirror is a great show that as far as predictive programming goes and you know they put this stuff in to normalize it and they make it seem like no i saw that shit on a movie like aliens coming down or i saw the microchip going into the hand in a movie that's not gonna happen and if it does you know we're normalized to the whole thing well well, but this is the thing like like so you know the covid lockdown happened in march so the thing, I, I always think it's interesting how, you know, I fucking hate saying the new normal, but it, it's, yeah. it's it, the funny thing is everybody's just used to whatever's happening now in the world. Everybody's just like, we have to put on the mask, we have to put on the gloves or fucking or whatever. But the thing is, if I told you in February, the whole world <laughs> will go on lockdown, everybody will wear masks and thousands of people will die. You would look at me and go, fuck off. Like, that's not going to, you know, th- that's impossible. And now that it's happened and it's, it's so normal for everybody. So when people pick out conspiracy theories now, they're like, no, no, that will never happen. And I'm like, fucking hell, don't you remember what happened to us to li- living in this moment now? It's not, it's nothing's that far-fetched. And then during lockdown, what, which I thought was really funny. So during lockdown, uh, I remember a few things. So in lockdown, there was uh, okay. There was the there was the story in the news that there was a meteor going past, but it's not going to hit Earth. But it's going, you know, it's going past Earth. So that was one thing. Yeah. Then the government released that some of those like UFO files. They just decided to release that during lockdown. And then what else? There was like a bunch of like fucking weird things. And then there's the whole conspiracy of uh, of um, you know the COVID thing. And then on top of that. Uh, randomly in South Africa, which we never ever fucking get, there was like a few earthquakes, which was fucking random at the time. Wow. So everybody's going, "What the fuck is going on? Like, what, what is did, going on?" Did the, the South world? African government release UFO information as well? Uh, no, 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 
Yeah, yeah, it was the U.S. Okay, I was gonna say Jesus, dude, because like, like how you have these weird little like uh, anomalies, like with the earthquakes. We've been having serious problems with the power grid here in the United States, and I feel yeah. like that's something that's gonna hit soon. Where, yeah. um, you know, I've I've been stocking up on food and water and bullets and all that good shit. You know what I mean? Just yeah. making sure I can protect myself. And it is yeah. kind of scary. How do you feel about the mask, man? Do you are you do you think that the the COVID pandemic is something to worry about or do you think that because like I'll, I'll tell you just to kind of soften it up um i i, I truly believe... just want to grab a uh, smoke i'm listening i'm listening yeah go ahead dude no uh, what what i'm trying to get at here is you know i think that the covid shit was legitimately put in place to put in a change to put in uh the, you know like you said a new normal or something that would just fundamentally change the way that the world operates with the World Economic Forum, um, you yeah. know, trying to well, get a one world government. Uh, crowd control, you know, just fucking getting rid of a shitload of people. And that's dude, what you think the vaccines are population control. Well, well, this is the thing. So, I mean, you know, you know, it's like when people say, you know, what, it's like since this time that all this shit's happened. Nobody's got like the normal flu anymore. Nobody's exactly. Got, no, nobody, nobody's going through the normal shit. And and the thing is, normally thousands of people die every day as well from all yep. these different things. But during COVID, whoever died died of fucking COVID. So now it's just yeah, you like, can get hit with a bunch of bullets in the back of the head, and it's like, oh, COVID yeah. killed the poor yeah, motherfucker. Yeah, you know what I mean? And yeah, so there's all these like little things, and I mean, even with I've. I've saw so many videos of like doctors, like big scientists or doctors that also say the masks don't do anything. I mean, it's also you breathe it in like carbon dioxide. That's fucking not good for us. We're also not building our immune system. Uh, listen, well, I'm not a fucking scientist, but you know, it's all those things where you just think, well, isn't that a bit of common sense? Because now if people are wearing gloves and people are wearing the masks, we're not touching all the, the stuff that, you know, that builds our immunity. So yeah. why, why the fuck we were in a mask? And then you get places all around the world that I've been to during this time. And then it's sometimes it's like, okay, you wear a mask and then you walk into a place. So you don't wear a mask and then you walk into a place and you put a mask on and then you get into the place to eat and then you take the mask off. It's just like, what the fuck is the point? Well, so, see, see, Ryan, you're not understanding that the virus only goes from, from four feet high to six feet high. It can't go it. lower than that. Yeah, you know yeah. what I mean? And, and you know, Anthony Fauci, uh, you know, he, he wrote a paper on the Spanish flu of, I think it was 1918 here in the U.S., which, you know... People call it when you call it the China flu, people yeah. say that that's racist because, you know, like we don't want to be bigots to China or whatever. Yeah. But, you know, the Spanish flu didn't even start in Spain. You know what I mean? Yeah. So yeah. that that might have been a little more racist and people were more racist back then. Um, yeah. it, it's statistically correct and, and historically correct to call a flu that comes from China, the China flu or the Wuhan flu, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, but then you also, you know, you get this idea where, you know, Anthony Fauci was writing that the masks worn during the, the flu of 1918, the Spanish flu, were yeah. the main cause of other viruses like pneumonia and things like that, that were killing most of the people. But then he flips it. And my theory of why they start to wear the mask now is because we have a huge crime spike here in the U.S. now, because wearing yeah. a mask covering your face yeah, like yeah, that, exactly. it's yeah. normalized. You know what I mean? Yeah, There's people yeah. getting shot in front of their children in Chicago and in Los Angeles. You know what I mean? That's Literally crazy. every fucking day, dude. Um, yeah. You know, usually if someone walks into a store wearing a mask covering their face, people would tell them like, hey, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. But now they're allowed in and that's normalized. Um, yeah. I, these and these even, people play the long even game. This thing, when this thing ends, you're going to get those people that still want to wear a mask as well. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's what we're seeing you right now. I mean? Yeah, yeah. Are people so, wearing masks a lot there in, in uh, South Africa? Uh, yeah, it, it was calmed down a bit. And then now, uh, you know, it's a bit stricter again. But the, the other thing with the masks is just like, if you're wearing a mask and you can smell a fart. <laughs> then, <laughs> yeah, no shit. Then, then, then it's, it's not fucking working, the mask. You know what I mean? If you can still smell shit, then it's obviously, well, what, what the fuck is it doing? You know, have and you then, seen uh, how people have to prepare 
to work with viruses like in the Wuhan lab or at level four bio labs? Have you seen they wear full body suits? They're getting oxygen pumped into their suit. Um, Wearing a bandana over your face isn't going to stop shit. It's like trying to stop mosquitoes with a chain link fence. You know what I mean? It's bullshit. Exactly, dude. It's insane. The thing is, like I said, dude, we'll we'll never get to the the bottom of it. There'll be people that will hear this that will say we're wrong or this or that. And the thing is, it's like, like I said, I'm no like scientist. I, I just, you know, I believe in, you know, it, it's like everybody's uh, immune system is different. So sure. for me, I mean, I'm never ill. I never have the flu. I'm never, ever ill, touch wood. I'm literally never, ever have the flu. I'll, I will get out the shower and I'll sneeze 50 times in 10 minutes and then that's it. I'm done. And I'm, really? and when I do get ill, like when when I had something wrong with my kidney, when something happens, I'm like, oh shit, this is not good, and I know it's not good because I'm always okay and I never get the flu or anything. So it's uh, yeah, it's it's everybody's immune system is different. It, and you know, I went to Durban to my gran was ill, not COVID related, and my 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 gran was ill, and my my dad had COVID, and my dad was looking after my gran. But when I got there, you know, my dad had COVID and then I had to look after them both. So I spent two and a half, you know, two and a half weeks or more in a house with my dad that had COVID. And, you know, when I was around my gran, I wore a mask and gloves. And then and then when I was with my dad, because I was giving him like back massages and stuff because of his lungs, you know, I didn't even wear a mask and stuff like that. So for two weeks, two and a half weeks or more in a house with somebody with COVID and I didn't even get it. And I still had a test. Yeah. yeah. And I still had a test before I went back from Durban to Cape Town and I still didn't get it. So wow. I think everybody is different. It affects everybody, you know, differently. So. And that's kind of maybe, funny, dude, because you smoke cigarettes, you know, like, do you, do you drink? I, I heard a theory. I heard a theory. Somebody told me the other day, the people that actually smoke, so when 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 the COVID wants to fuck up with your lungs, because there was the 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 you know there's been a lot of people with the breathing thing and the, you know with the lungs. So it's like when it goes into a, a smoker's uh, lungs, they're like, "Fuck this! Like we can't even get to." Yeah, let's just leave. Dude, that... we'll just fucking leave. <laughs> I mean, that actually makes sense, man. Because like I drink a lot of vodka, and yeah. I haven't like I I think I got sick with COVID back in January of 2020. Um, yeah. but it it literally like just my chest hurt. And I had a bad fever. You know, I was out of work yeah. for two days. It doesn't yeah. mean that we need to shut down the world for some shit like yeah. this. You know what but I it mean? Also, does it, also, getting COVID doesn't mean, don't get me wrong, people have died and family members have died. And it hits home. Sure. When it hits home more, people obviously freak out more. But, you know, and there's sometimes there's other complications that's not even COVID that is just, they just say it's COVID. But it, it really just shows you that, you know, it can, you know, it can happen to anybody. But, it doesn't mean if you get it, you're going to fucking die. And that's what the governments have like scared the whole fucking world. Like, you know, if you get it, you're probably going to fucking die, you know? So you need this fucking vaccine and this is going to, you know, this is going to protect you. But then there's people that would had the vaccine that still got it have died. And so, I mean, it's just like, I mean, what, like for me personally, I never get ill. I'm never sick. So, I mean, I don't know if if I have to get it in the end, I'll get it. But the way I'm also thinking right now is just like, I don't want to put something in my body that if I'm normally okay all the time and then puts it in my body. And then what happens if two, three years down the line, they're like, yeah, we kind of fucked up. Yeah. And we kind of made a bit of a mistake. And all those people that, that, that called you stupid for not taking it have all fucking died. Exactly. And then you're still fucking standing. I'm like, well, I fucking told you. So, I mean, if I have to take it in the end, I'll fucking take it. But right now, I just don't see the point of putting something in my body that could make me sick, that could maybe lower my system. And and I don't know, you know, it's just like I'm good how I am. So I don't think I think people should have the choice to take it or not. You know, so I don't know. Well, dude, let me tell you something right now, because like what you were saying right now is is like if you were forced to take it, you would take it. I hope that you change your mind on that. You know what I mean? Like, I, I really don't think that you should. Um, I, I try to encourage everyone not to take it. The first person yeah. that ever take it, 
uh, that ever took it. His name is literally William Shakespeare. Not the one that you're thinking of. Like this guy in England, his name is yeah. William Shakespeare. He yeah. took the shot. He's dead now. Um, and when they did an autopsy of his body, every single one of his organs had spike proteins in them. And this is like like essentially what a spike protein is. It's it's you have the virus in each one of your organs. Um, yeah. We we find that uh, people's organs are liquefying. We find uh, also because all, all these vaccines come out of the United States. You got Moderna, Pfizer, Johnson and Johnson, and AstraZeneca. Yeah. But, that, but that's the other thing. Why is all these? things all different and all have like just different recipes i'm just like yeah. there's gonna be fucking one shouldn't it just be like that's the one well, you know so so we have this thing called the fda here i'm not sure if you're familiar with the fda the food and drug administration okay. things uh you know kind of taking a step to the side here the united states and new zealand are one of two like they're the only two countries in the world that are allowed to play pharmaceuticals on the commercials. So you cannot advertise in any other country, from what I understand, uh, any kind of pharmaceuticals. You can't advertise drugs. You can't advertise anything. But in the U.S. and New Zealand, we're allowed to do that. Yeah. Only FDA-approved drugs are allowed to be advertised on, on you know commercials. These are not FDA-approved. None of the yeah. vaccines are FDA-approved. It's all approved for emergencies. And we're currently in a clinical trial period. So for the next three years, we are going to really find out what this does to humans. By the way, every single vaccine killed every fucking ferret that they injected, every rat, every, every fucking animal. Hey guys, that about wraps it up for the free portion of this episode. If you're wanting to hear the full conversation, it's easy. Go to patreon.com slash dangerousworldpodcast, leave a small, one-time, or monthly donation, and you'll get access to all of our full-length episodes and some other content that we put together just for the patrons. Until then, stay safe in the dangerous world. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park.